So I have a question for you. What's the best email marketing platform for creators? It's ConvertKit. It combines powerful automation with an easy to use interface. The heart of their business is their visual automation tool that allows you to deliver the right message to your audience at the right time. They have pre-built landing pages and forms so creating and sending out copy is extremely easy. I personally use it with my business when I'm doing webinars. And you can use it too. Right now we have an exclusive offer for you. ConvertKit is giving you a freemium membership with full access to the landing pages, forms, and email marketing for free, up to 1,000 subscribers. They are one of the only platforms that allows you to add your Facebook pixel to it for free. It allows you to create automation and it allows you to get the ball rolling with your business. And of course, it integrates with Shopify, Wix, Squarespace, Gumroad, and a ton of other platforms. So what you're going to do is you're going to hit the podcast description and click the link there to get you to this freemium account. It's an amazing service, so make sure you try it out, guys. Let me know how it goes for you. I want to know. All right, let's get into the show. Someone working at Amazon, someone got a job to work at, someone from our team got someone to work at Amazon to really push our product in Amazon to be there. Take that in. I, fr- I first thought you said this, this someone got a job at Amazon just to push the product. I was like, damn. No, no, that's that what would be insane. That's what happened, bro. Like that we someone lived- got a job at Amazon exactly just so they could sell the yeah. product to Amazon. Exactly. That's wow. how that's how that that's the level of strategy we and then I remember one of my colleagues, they painted this whole they did something theatrical to pretend he got fired because he wrote like a bad email or whatever. And it worked. And then someone from the team came after to take over, like, hey, yeah, you know, unfortunately, we had to let so-and-so go, but um, I'm going to take things over from here just to, like, help clarify everything that was meant to say. Perhaps I can schedule a meeting with you. So these are the level of creativity, strategy you really got to think about with each person you map into because you got you to gotta have some shock value and you also got to have some value added in what you're trying to do to really cut through the noise. over everything podcast this is the podcast where you receive stories tips and strategies from entrepreneurs who've done it to help you grow your business and take yourself to the next level as a person today on the podcast we have a show for you we have an interesting show yo we're talking about enterprise sales but first yo what's good with you bro how you doing man i'm blessed bro just had an amazing weekend with the fam uh, my parents came down chilled here at the crib my sisters pulled up I saw my cousin uh, uh, Ryan and his girlfriend just for dinner not too long ago, and bro, the Monday scaries are kicking in. They're kicking yeah, in yeah. like my 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 tummy is 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 twisting and turning, and I don't know what I don't know what it is. It's um, and I asked you, I was like, bro, like, do you feel like this even though you're full time on your business, or is it just because I have to wake up and I have to like do work tomorrow? I have to go to work. Well, I don't even leave. It's funny because. If I had to go to work, I'd still feel it more. But what's even surprising is 
I work from home and I still get Monday scaries and I'm not going anywhere, right? So what is there to to really be scared about? You know what I mean? It's it's just like a brand new week, new possibilities with outcomes which you don't know, don't know about. You're thinking about the calls you have like scheduled with certain people and you're like, okay, that call has to go well. I know I'm meeting this person. I know I have to do this. I know I have to do that. So what the thing is, I think what it is, it's you have to be on, right? Because when weekend comes, it's like you're off. But now Sunday comes in, especially touches at 6 p.m. It's like, okay, now I have to check out of this mood because it's time. It's game time, baby. And then as well for us, we got deliverables every single week. So Sunday is still like we only get one day a week type of holiday per week if, if you think about it. Because Friday crush, uh, we, we, we crash, we come down. Saturday morning, we still wake up and we still do our intro pot. So there's no resting, right? And then I think you stop, you you have a cap at three. So from three on, it's like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm out of office. But then Sunday comes, we got our meeting, we got to edit, we got to write, we got to create, and we got to show up at 12 p.m. in people's apps and inboxes. You feel me? So... That's how I'm feeling, bro. Monday scaries are, are kicking in, but I think just talking to you right now, bro, it's it's making me feel better. I hear you, man. It, it I used to get that when I was working, you know, a full time. Um, because you have to deal with a lot of people, and you have to prepare your energy to be given. Mm-hmm. You know, especially enterprise sales, you're talking to humans consistently, so I can only imagine. Like the energy you have to give out every single day. You, know? you have so, to be on point, bro. You got to be on point. Like, you know, so I, I'm actually seeing here the Hawks are about to beat Philly to move oh, on yeah? to the to the conference finals. They're down four with 50 seconds left. And this was the Philly was number one seed all year in the East. Man. Yeah, Hawks is going crazy right now. Hawks are going to go Atlanta, bro. You Trey know? Young. Trey Young, Ice Trey, with the baby hair. Mm-hmm. The guy's an assassin, man. Assassin. 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 Assassin's Creed, bro. What's up, that? But um, yo, on my end, bro. Um, yes. Um, uh, how are you? How are you doing, bro? Um, I am fantastic. It's been mm-hmm. a long day. Um, you know, we recorded the Get This Cake podcast earlier today, and yeah. and that was fun. We had some technical difficulties to start, but we got through it. And, uh, you know, got rocking. So I was happy about that. Um, yo, I just redid my whole my whole patio, my whole balcony. Oh, the furniture came through? Um, yeah, we just got it from Ikea. Yeah. Um, we scooped it from Ikea. And we got tiles and grass and, no, well, fake grass, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cut up the, the grass, fake grass rug and stuff. So we have, like, a whole setup outside now. Say you know, word, so, wow! Yeah. So like man. the whole, the whole, the whole uh, balcony is like with fake grass. This is about the whole balcony is like it's a mixture of fake grass and tiles right now. Oh man, so, that's a project. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's 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 looking good. You know, we should have taken a before picture, but we did we slip. But it's, it's looking good. It's going to be a vibe. You know, oh, now we got to get into the notion of like cleaning and like consistently because the upkeep is real. Like, but by the time. I was like putting that finished putting on the tiles. There's already spiders redoing the spider webs that I had already taken down. So I was like, all right, this mm-hmm. is gonna be a continuous process to keep killing these spiders and trying to keep this up, you know, like trying to keep everything right. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. So today we're talking about 
enterprise sales. Oh, and man, this is your forte, mm -hmm. your Kia forte. Let's talk, Let's man. Talk about it, man. You know, enterprise sales, bro. I mean, there's so much I can go into this, but just to give some context, I've worked in enterprise sales for, well, I've worked in sales for about give or take eight years, uh, coming out of like high school. So sales from doing door to door knocking, doing uh fitness sales. So I did door to door using doing window cleaning services, um, scholars at your service at the time. So I was doing this through school, like through like just to earn some extra cash on the side. So that really ignited my passion for sales. And what that took me is I took that experience, got into fitness sales. So it was like learning how to sell gym memberships. And then I learned the whole sales process and cadence of prospecting, talking about someone's needs, pains, and what solutions they can get from it. And then from then on, after school, I took it a step further and I learned how to do sales in a corporate level and the dynamics that go within a corporate sales level. So let's break this down. So I started out in the corporate level, since we're going to be talking about the corporate level, as an entry level, like uh, business development representative. I was working for a company called Lida. And when you get on this level, you really realize the type of interactions and the type of uh, methods of communicating people have when it comes to this level of sales. Because when you're coming from a different level of like, okay, I'm selling someone to the gym, it's a whole different level when you're talking to someone in the C-suite, right? And you realize that at that level, the sales process is prolonged. So when you're coming into this whole thing, you have to have a different mindset, meaning that you have to be ready just to be in it for the long run. You have to be willing to go through the prospecting levels. You have to go through everything to understand. They have to make a decision. You have to bring internal stakeholders. So coming from like that perspective of a business development representative, if you're, if you're coming into entry-level sales, there's certain things we're going to be talking about today that you should know about from prospecting, relationship building, nurturing, um, value adds, and et cetera. So I think the best place to kick off is from a prospecting level, right? So have you ever prospected at a corporate level, bro? Or no? Um, I don't SMBs, think so. right? Usually Still SMBs. I mean, the turnaround might be faster, yeah, but yeah. Uh, when I was working at the sales cycle was about like eight months to make a sale because you're selling you're selling like a six you're selling like a six figure product, bro, right? Six figures. So the this decision making has to be, you know, between a lot of people in the organization. So one thing we learned about was something called uh, a medic, right? So for example, one thing that we used was medic at the time during the whole sales process. So when you're actually identifying a customer. So for example, I was going after media channels such as Condé Nast, uh, Time Warner, all these big media conglomerates who could be using our services. So I was using our methods of like, you know, cold calling, emails and everything, which I'm going to get into. But Medic starts actually the foundation of everything in sales. And it's like one of like the, you know, sales of force management that, you know, they, they all teach these like different sales methodologies, but Medic is what we learned. And I truly believe in it because if you go in any organization this is what you should be going after so medic starts with metrics so metrics when you go to that customer it's understanding like you know what numbers really matter to them like what's really going to move the needle what are they looking to gain are they looking to have a like a 50 percent increase in 
uh, sales? Are they looking to have a increase in market share? You got to know what the numbers are that they're looking for that really like is going to make this sale go forward. So understanding like what the metrics are is a first step. The second step is the economic buyer. So when you're prospecting, you're not just going to go into a sales process and pitch someone in the C-level, but they might not even be the decision maker. You might start out prospecting into that person, but as you go through the whole journey, you're going to find the economic buyer who's going to be the one who's going to be making the decision. Second step is the decision process, right? What are the steps that's going to happen for that process to be finally decided upon? And then decision criteria. What are they looking for to make that decision? That has to be defined. And then you identify the pain. So if you're coming in with a solution, it has to address a pain that they're looking for. You can come through like the challenger side, right? So a lot of there's different types of salespeople. There's like the nurturer, the one who's like there to build a relationship and come in and, you know, work the whole organization and warm them up. And then there's the challenger who just ignores everything from that perspective and comes in and says, hey, look, I know your competitor, Acme Company, did 60% better in sales than you this year. What are you doing to address that this coming season? So you're coming from a position of, hey, I'm a position of, I'm coming from a place of authority and we're talking on a similar level instead of like you as the you as the person who I'm looking to sell to, you're not coming from a level where I'm beneath you and I'm trying to sell to you and get you to hear my pitch and everything. I'm coming in and saying, hey, I know where your business is at. I know the competitors. I know where you, in the in the market where you guys are at. What are you doing about that? What can we do to help you get there. This is what we've done with these other organizations. Let's talk and see how we can work with each other. So you see how the different frame changes around, like when you come from that position. So that's like, you know, when you identify the pain, you can take that approach. But for the medic perspective, you don't really have to go there. It's just identify what the pain is. Lastly is your champion. Who's going to be the champion in that sales process? So for example, when we pitch, uh, when we pitch different brands on doing media deals, we have certain champions within that deal process that's going to be our internal uh, individual who's going to be voicing and, uh, you know, championing our deal to move forward. So, for example, like, you know, at certain at a certain brand that we know about that we're still working, he is that internal champion who's going to move the deal forward. So this is what Medic is all about. So when you go through a sales process in an enterprise level, you need to have these things identified before you can actually even qualify it as an opportunity. You can qualify as an opportunity, but to really move it to the second stages, the third stage and everything, you need to know who these people are. And then when you have all these things identified, you can actually craft your sales pitch. You can actually craft your angle of what you're going to be going to make that sale, what it's going to be like. So this sets the foundation of every sales process, medic, metrics, economic buyer, decision process, decision criteria, identifying the pain and understanding who the champion is. No, that's big. If you don't have a champion though, can you still qualify that as a sales, as a like, prospect that's qualified or like, what, I mean, what you could, but it's going to be tougher because if you have no one in the, in the deal, working the deal for you, it's so hard to understand where the deal is at. So a champion will be the person be like, hey, like, mm-hmm. Jeff, like, you know, where are you guys at? Like, you know, oh, like, you know, we really like the deal. Like, I'm still trying to work this person. So the champion is someone who loves what you're doing. They love the product. They can see the value of what you're selling to them. 
and they're in there just to push it for you. If you don't have that, I've never experienced that champion because whenever we worked, we always had these things figured out, but it just takes a little bit longer to really get the deal forward. The champion is going to expedite things faster for you. So you can always keep a pulse if this is a dead end opportunity or if it needs to be reworked in a certain way for it to move forward. So now you you start prospecting people. You start you you find a champion and you put that in your sales channel, your sales live, your HubSpot yeah. as a qualified lead and stuff. Where do you go from there? So when you're coming in from like an entry level sales position, when you're identifying the prospect, there's different ways you can go on about it. So first, let's say I'm prospecting into um, what's a company we can think of. Let's say Warner Warner. Right. And we're looking at the head of advertising and we have all these different people we know. So you you map up the account. So when you map up the account is you go into the account, you look at, OK, these are the different people that I need to talk to. This person reports to that person. I know this person works with them. You look at their LinkedIn, you see, OK, how long have they been at the company? What projects are they working on? So you have a full document which you can actually keep a pulse on what's going on within that business. And you can always just keep working it so you can understand the angle of where to approach it. So if you know Warner is going through like a period where they're doing some, uh, let's say we're doing podcasts, we want to do podcast advertising for them or something like that. We got to understand, okay, they've just opened up a podcast division. They're they're, they're doing this um, in the next couple of months. Oh, in their sales calls or in their quarterly earnings, they've reported that, hey, our podcast division is doing this. We're looking at adding more advertising partners for different uh, podcast shows that we can add into our arsenal of different um, advertising uh, channels that we can put on uh, for for podcasts. So doing that research is so key because you don't want to have a blanket statement because all these different people, they're getting different sales pitches every single day. They're getting bombarded from another sales guy, another sales guy. So you have to be really, really succinct. You have to be uh, on point with what you say, and it has to be tailored to them. One mistake that I made before when I was doing, uh, you know, uh, cold calling or sending emails, it's I would send a long, I'll, I'll have an email sequence, but that email sequence will be messaged out to 50, 60 different people with that title. But the message might be good for them, but there's nothing specific why I reached out to them. So one mm. thing you've got to do is you really got to take your time with enterprise sales because a lot of these people they've seen every single email they know they, they it's like they have a radar of understanding okay this person just sent this email to 30 other people there's no way he meant to send that to me right so these things can really blow the deal for you especially if it's like an account that you're really going after they can tell if you are not doing your homework they can tell if this was like done haphazardly like they can tell they know they know they know and then that's actually an indicator. Like if you don't do your homework, that deal is never going to happen. That phone call is never going to get picked up. You can even try and going personal next time. But since that first email turned them off, they're now like, ah, do I really want to deal with this guy? Like, I know he just sent me this blanketed message on, on LinkedIn or whatever, and it's not going to work. I made that mistake. Don't make that mistake. One thing I learned better to do is you got to work slow, but fast. You got to find ways to be personal but scalable meaning that 
you want to send out 100 emails, but keep the message the same, but take time in going into each email to each person and finding something that matters to them, but still keeping the core body of the message the same. So it doesn't sound as if like you've sent this just the body to everybody and that's it. I'm like, okay, hey, Alex, I know what media is a to your business. I've been seeing like the amazing work you've been doing, um, you know, and then I go into, okay, so I make that first paragraph personal. And then the second one, I can I can go into what we're offering. The reason I was reaching out is because Uplift Media Group is doing this, 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 and that. Da, 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 da. We'd love to chat more with you on how we can help with media do this exact next to achieve this the same way we've done it. So you include your numbers, you include your testimonials, and you include that personal side. And it's like a magic recipe towards sending a great message. Is there a pain point that you push on usually? The pain point, everybody has a different pain point, right? So it depends who, like, what the business is. Um, who the person you're reaching out to and what department they're in. So depending on who that person is, you're going to craft your pain point for them. So if you have a product that can touch upon many different um, departments, you have to like talk about it in their language that matters to them. So for example, at Alita, our insights team, our insights product covered many different departments. So we covered HR, we covered um we covered different uh, departments in like fintech, HR, marketing. So we had to like choose our, we had to change our language and our copy to fit that person. So that message can really hit home. Gotcha. Gotcha. How do you even get these emails? So there's many different ways you can do it. You can sign up depending what organization you work for. You have Zoom Info. So Zoom Info is a great, great tool just to use as a Chrome extension. And if you're on someone's LinkedIn, you can actually just hit Zoom info and it gives you their phone number, their email, and et cetera. Other sales tools. Yeah, yeah. There's Rocket Reach, bro. There's a bunch of different things you can do with it. With like Zoom info, I've only worked on it. I've worked with it on the enterprise level. So they have like an enterprise account, which they give their whole sales organizations. I know we use Rocket Reach to get the contacts, but it's still the same thing. But Zoom info is, is a lot more detailed than what you get from Rocket Reach, and it's actually more reliable. That's crazy. So on LinkedIn, you just hit the Google Chrome extension mm-hmm. and it gives you their number. Their number, mobile number too. So you're not just yeah, getting like the, the, the department number. Wow. Facts, bro. Facts. Yo, so that's a big gem. I didn't even know about that. I got to look into that one. For yeah, sure. Zoom Info. Zoom Info legit saved my life in so many ways, bro. I remember when I was working as a at, at a leader, there was one time we were testing out the new Zoom info with mobile numbers, bro. And I got a hold on so many people, bro, like C-level individuals. And this is when I get next into making uh, making calls in enterprise sales, bro, and like the type of things you got to do. Bro, those mobile numbers, I'll pick up and they're like, oh, like, how'd you get my number? And you really got to be quick on your feet to tell them like, hey, how'd you get your number? Like, Hey, you know, like, you know, what we do is da 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 da. I got your number because of this, this, and that. And then go into what now, you're what's saying. Now, what's this and that? Like, that, that's a real, like, I don't even know how I would answer that. What, was the, what would be some of your answers, bro? Like, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting one. How, how would you finesse that? Well, I was honest. I was honest. I was, I was like, hey, like, hey, Alex. Uh, no, I'll be like, hey, am I speaking to Alex? So I'll start off as friendly, right? Just like mm-hmm. as someone who knows him. Hey. 
am I talking? And so like you hear like the, the the voice change, like, hey, you know, like, and I learned this from Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. He wrote a book called The Way of the Wolf. And he actually said this in his book is when you call someone, especially a cold call, don't sound immediately like as if it's like a cold call. Right. Make the make it sound as if you know that person like, hey, Alex, and kind of add like a question mark to it. Right. Meaning like, hey, like, oh, yeah, this is Alex. Hi. Like, how can I help you? Right. Immediately, like now they, they when you come up with that way of, you know, upping your voice to sound as if like you are trusting, you are caring. And what that does, it shows that I have something important to say and I just want to make sure you're the right person. Right. So, hey, Alex, like it adds like so imagine when like um, when a doctor calls you or like someone calls you like, hey, like Alex, like they have like this way of like, hey, this is secretive information. I want to make sure I got the right guy before I go on. And you do it in a friendly way with time. You're going to get better and better and better. So I mastered this. So when I get on the phone call with them, like, yeah, yeah, this is Alex. I'm like, hi, I'm Owen from so and so from Alita. And then the next question I'd ask, have you heard of us? Right. So now I'm, I'm controlling the conversation by saying, have you heard of us? Now they're entering into my frame of mind and they're like, OK, no, I haven't. OK, amazing. This is I'll tell you what uh, who we are before I go any further. So I'm like, OK, Alita is bang, 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 bang. I was like, oh, OK. And I say this. I'm like, hey, look, Alex, I know I caught you at a terrible time, but the reason I'm calling you is because I noticed that you had the head of analytics at Wit Media, and I have some amazing um, stories I want to share with you. I know this isn't the right time to share that, but the reason I'm calling is because we've done this with this other organization that does what you're doing, and these testimonials or whatever, like, you know, you kind of like say what we're doing, what I mean to say is like what we're doing is really going to benefit you, and I think you want to understand what we're doing. Is there a way I can book 15 minutes in your on your calendar so we can share more about it? Right. So if you if you did all those things, it's like you open up with like a good tonality, you control the frame of the conversation, you're very short and you're very succinct with why you're calling them and what value you can add by taking this meeting. My book, my meeting rate of every five calls I made after every five, every five pickups I had, I'd book at least three meetings. On the team, I was one of the individuals who booked uh, who was the most successful on the phone because I never really had any fear when I'm on the phone. And this is where I get into the second part when you open that conversation. There's something called straight, there's something called state transference. So whenever you are on the phone with someone, you can tell when someone is smiling. You can tell when someone is scared. You can tell when someone is hesitant, uncomfortable. People can feel this. Ever since the phone was invented, it came to uh, like a prominent use of communication, we've developed like a sense of understanding the other person on the other line. So voice is extremely important whenever you're making a phone call. And a lot of mistakes a lot of salespeople make is they fear the unknown of the other person. So one thing you got to debunk is you got to remember each person you're talking to is another human. They pay bills. They have kids. They have lives. They have fears like you. They're nervous on the phone as well. They're going to cuss you out. They're going to have a bad day. You don't know what state of mind they're in when you're calling them. So prepared for anything, prepared for them to be happy, prepare for them to be sad, prepare for them to say, I'm busy. I don't have time. But the one thing you can never go ahead and do, 
You can never assume someone is going to not like you because once you make that assumption in your head that this person is not going to like me, this person doesn't want to talk to me, they're going to feel that fear. And when you transfer that state of mind through your voice, because a voice really exposes what someone's really thinking, they're going to take that and they're going to return it back to you. They'll be like, okay, this person is not confident to talk to me. They don't believe in what they're saying. They're nervous to the whole phone. Okay, this was a cold call. I'm going to drop this call. I'm going to say I'm not interested. But when you come in with a with power, with saying, hi, this is who I am. This is why I'm calling you. This is really important. I know this might not be the best time to talk, but when is the best time I can reach you at so we can do this, this, and that? People, people know salespeople. Like a lot of C-level people, they know people are going to call them. They know... They're going to get cold calls. So they've developed a filter in understanding what's worth my time, what's not worth my time. But if you position yourself to be in that this is worth my time, I'm going to take the chance on this guy to take this meeting with him to see what they're selling because it could be of value to me. Man, that's so intense. And that's it's so important to be able to communicate that on the phone as an entrepreneur. And, and personally, like cold calls has been tough for me. Very tough. What, what what makes cold calling tough for you? I have a stutter. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I certainly do. Uh, and when it comes to that, you know, with a stutter, what I actually do is I replace a whole sentence. I literally just did that. Instead of stuttering, I replaced the entire sentence with a new sentence and kind of like freestyle off that. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So with cold calling it's like double that because you have to be on your feet and you're like freestyling on your toes um so i don't like it as much and the thing is too is that it's it's a lot more difficult to position yourself as an authority because you're reaching out the power dynamics is different mm-hmm. you know um and that that's why i struggle with it but you know I, I have had some success when i was like cold calling for different businesses like years ago though years ago and I, I I did the high pitch thing too. I noticed that like I'd, I'd go with like hi I'm Alex, you know mm-hmm. hi how, how's it going mm-hmm. you know and then try, try to so I also noticed that I would code switch very heavily, mm-hmm. you know. Um, do you when, code switch when you when you course. when you're on? You got yeah. you got to have your corporate voice on, man. You can't, you know, like I know we're 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 like young millennials. Everything we want to talk freely, like the way we talk, like you as you and I as boys, but you know. I'm on the phone, right? So code switching for me would be like if I'd be in person, okay, I definitely have to change my mannerisms. I definitely have to change the way I look, the way I present stuff, the way I say things. Because you're talking to people on a different level and they expect a certain level of communication and professionalism. So everything from slang, lingo, shorting words and et cetera, like taking out man, um, what's up, these things are not going to fly. Like they can turn senior people off. So you really got to be careful what you're saying. Every little thing matters. This is what I learned in, in enterprise sales, man. These people read emails as if it's like a Da Vinci code, man. Like, like for real. <laughs> <laughs> your emails matter. Your emails, yeah, your yeah. your subject. Yo, my God. Like, even that's what happened with my with my homie. Like, uh, when I worked with her, uh, she got the whole Barstool's CEO airing out what happened with that remind me yeah so what happened with that is you know we were working you know she was working on an account bar stools everybody knows bar stools and the ceo erica nardini gets so many emails in her inbox 
So this email was like a breakup email in the last part of a of a cadence email. Okay. So just to break down what a cadence is, when you're using a tool such as Sales Loft, when you're reaching out to a prospect, it takes at least seven touch points for you to get in touch with a prospect. Seven. So the first email is not going to work. Second, all the way to seven, that's when they will actually take action on your email. If you got if you got access to them on the second or third time, then you're a magician, right? Then you did some wizardry. Either they really wanted to talk to you, they've been waiting for you to reach out, and that was a time. But if it's like a cold, you they've never heard about your business. It takes seven. So before going to the the story, so in this in the sequential steps of a cadence, you have your first introduction email. You have your your call, you make a phone call. If it doesn't get picked up, you send your second follow-up email, which is like usually a short sentence. Then you go into like your third, uh, your, your, okay, so email, call, follow-up. Then you do another call. Then you send another email, which is like a value-added piece. So a value add would be like, I know you're into digital marketing. I'll send you like, hey, Alex, I noticed that you posted something on LinkedIn about yesterday. I thought you might be, you find this interesting as well. They're showcasing how Spotify is, opening up spot uh created like um uh, green, rooms. green rooms and i think this could be a great tool for digital marketing this article explains that really well so i just added value to your thing i added something to your day and it brought awareness to you which makes me a lot more memorable mm-hmm. i go through this i go through many different steps of that where each email adds value to you so you can get into a state where you're ready to actually okay let me take some time with this salesperson because they're really giving me a lot of value. Let me see what they have to offer. And everything was very tailored. It's very specific. It's timely. It's what is meant for my role. So why not? They've earned my time. That's what. That's how they think. Mm-hmm. So back to the Rachel story. She had a similar cadence. And in each cadence, there's the several the last several emails. You have like two persistence emails. They call it professional persistent emails. So you send one professional persistent email, you do another call, then lastly you do like a breakup email, right? So you do two usually you do two one to two persistent professional persistence, then you get into your breakup email which means, "Hey Alex, I've tried to get in touch with you for about four or five times. Clearly you're busy. I totally respect that, but if you do have the time, you can find my link to my calendar below and we can book a meeting and we can find a time to chat." So Rachel did that. She had a breakup email in her cadence. So one thing Rachel did is she didn't have a subject, subject line, line in her email. And this got Erica's, att- Erica's attention. So Erica being Erica, if you know her personality, she's very, you know, she's like, she's out here. She's like very outspoken. She's like the CEO of Barstool. Like this is her personality. She goes on LinkedIn screenshots the email shows rachel's email in the in the in the picture with her photo and just lambasts her over her whole network saying since when did sending no subject line emails become a thing i I can't remember what exactly it was but the whole thing she was saying was just trying to make fun of like a salesperson sending an email without a subject line and da 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 she was like trying to laugh about it on linkedin so all hell broke loose and that's what happened so you can imagine. So Erica's one thing, but there's also a, a bunch of people on LinkedIn who always just expose salespeople's emails or complain that they're getting 
these um, bad emails. I'll even give credit to a good email they see. So you have your you have your bad apples and your good apples. But what that shows you is people are having fun with this. People are actually taking this serious. People like it when they get a personalized email. People don't like it when they see they're not going to expose you, but they're not going to really. If the bad people don't like your email, like they might expose you. But sometimes people just don't even bother with them. So the key to these these things is each sentence matter. Each piece of like wording you choose to say matters some people some people you can go formal some people you can go lighthearted, and you get it to a level like when you're talking to c-level people even if you wrote like a great piece of email like paragraph one paragraph two you know how they respond bro they'll just say like okay thanks like one word choppy answers and it used to make me so mad because i'm like how you the ceo the vp or or a director and you're sending emails like this, right? It's like, okay, book meeting. They 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 legit save every letter just to like communicate to you because what you realize is they don't have a lot of time. They have so many emails to go through. So to spend time typing, hi Alex, thank you so much for your email. You can find my you can you can book my you can book some time with my assistant. Here's her email. They don't have time to do that. They'll say, okay, Sounds good. Book meeting, assistant, contact below. Talk to you soon, right? They don't want to think about what they're writing. They just want to, okay, this is my objective. What's the shortest way I can say what I want to say in the least amount of words? Because their minds are thinking hard. They're thinking, I got this board meeting. I got that meeting. I got got to come up with like a a quarterly call, whatever. That's how they're wired. And you as a salesperson, you just got to be happy that they responded and they agreed to meet with you, man. That was one big thing. I was like, man, like our our executives like not taught how to write. Why do they type like chicken? Like they like they say you, they won't say Y-O-U. Yeah. So that's one thing I learned, man. Yeah, they're dealing with a lot of scrum meetings, you know, execs, hiring, firing. Yeah. You know. It's a lot. It's a lot on their plate. So mm-hmm. and it's a lot of pressure on their plate. So just like I gotta, they're like monkey brain on on steroids. They're trying mm-hmm. to bounce thing to thing, thing to thing to try and, you know, keep abreast and, and keep their jobs afloat. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different perspective when you see it in person. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. All right, awesome, awesome. So no, let's let's go on. So you know, you they finally respond when you book the meeting. You know, walk like walk us through like that process of getting them from the first meeting to close. Yeah, so at that level, you have to once they agree to it, is now is you expand on the research you already did on the account. So you go back to that call you initially had with that person or the email exchange and okay, what did they say they want? What do you know about them? What from the call can you take from uh, what they said, and you can use that in the presentation. So like, okay, yeah, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to compete with this business and et cetera. So once you hear the information you took from that call, now you got to really map out the whole process of what that call is going to be like. You got, okay, who is this person? How long have they been in business? Uh, not how long, have they been, how long have they been at their role? What's the business doing? What matters to them this year? Uh, what are they looking to do? What's going on? The, what's going on in the market landscape right now that might be that matters to them that we can speak about? 
So you do some account mapping. So account mapping is extremely, extremely important. Account mapping, mapping. Account mapping. I heard about this. Yeah, you got to map out an account. So in sales, you really have to be strategic, extremely strategic. It's piercing through an account is different for many different businesses. For example, when I was working at Alita, we had one person uh, going through Amazon alone. So getting these meetings with Amazon was extremely tough. So you had all these different directors. You had someone working at Amazon. Someone got a job to work at. Someone from our team got someone to work at Amazon to really push our product in Amazon to be there. Take that in. I, fr- I first thought you said this, this someone got a job at Amazon just to push the product. I was like, damn. No, no, that's that what would be insane. That's what happened, bro. Like that we someone lived- got a job at Amazon exactly just so they could sell the yeah. product to Amazon exactly. That's wow. how. That's how. That, that's the level of strategy we. And then I remember one of my colleagues, they painted this whole. They did something theatrical to pretend he got fired because he wrote like a bad email or whatever, and it worked. And then someone from the team came after to take over. Like, hey, yeah, you know, unfortunately we had to let so and so go, but um, I'm gonna take things over from here just to like help clarify everything that was meant to say. Perhaps I can schedule a meeting with you. So. These are the level of creativity, strategy you really got to think about with each person Man, you map into because you got you to gotta have some shock value and you also got to have some value added in what you're trying to do to really cut through the noise. Interesting. I wonder, so I wonder what job you took. Do you, do you, what job, do you, do you remember what job you took? I, I don't, I, I, it was like definitely in the, I don't want to make up like a, or make assumptions, but I know it was within the insights analytics department or something like that. I remember my boy and I, Jazz, you know, we used to work, like, do all this cold calling, email strategy and everything. He was helping. He was working strategic accounts, and Amazon was one of those strategic accounts. And, you know, he was running, I remember him telling me this story, like, you know, we have this person within Amazon working to get, you know, our product in there, bro. I was like, wow, I would never have thought that. And we had one legal, like no one has to know. No, like you, you just do it. But, you know, you got to find a way to pierce through because these are multi-million dollar deals, man. These are not just uh, one time quick transactions. This is a two, three million dollar deal on the table. So you really got to find a way to get in there and push it and be an internal stakeholder to to get it to get it to, to the right people. Yeah, yeah, that's such an interesting play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna get a job. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like the the creative plays I usually hear about are like sending gifts. You know, like I heard Patrick Bad Davis say that he used to um, send a, um one foot of like or one shoe. One shoe. Uh, yeah, yeah. He so he send over one shoe. Like, hey, thank you so much for th- for receiving my gift. Um, now that I have one foot in the door, please let me meet with you and get my other foot in the door. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's creative. That's, you know, um, that takes effort. That's, that's you the know. thing, man. You know, that's, that's the level you got to play on to really stand out. So coming from like a BDR or SDR, once you map out the account, BDR, SDR, what's that? So S a sales development role, uh, it's the same thing like business development or sales development, you know, what? Okay. So inside there's like inside sales and then there's like uh outbound sales so like different people like okay i'm doing so for example inside sales you are like 
essentially you're doing like a lot of the cold calling and and etc so you're, you're bringing in leads to the business right you're bringing in the warm leads to bring into the business what we were doing bdring we were going out and actually interacting with different people to like legit get meetings with them so it's like a whole different i was in the bdr side i've never worked as like a inside sales or whatever but that's how that's how uh, we grew into the bdr so for when you go from a bdr your next step is to become an account executive so the account executive is now you're actually running the show you're actually running the calls you're running the calls with the ae you're you're with the you're in, you're running the calls with um the other vps in the room so your goal as a bdr is to map out the account figure out everything you got to figure out about the account so when the ae comes in the account executive what's account executive okay they're salespeople. they're the closers they're the ones who actually interact with the vp and the as we broke it down they're the ones who are going to figure out the metrics the economic buyer decision process criteria the pain points and the champion to close the deal so now they're going to do the next level work to really bring the deal home and close it so they're 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 going to be with that director vp for five four five six months to close it all out and bring that that deal home so as a as a bda you are working yeah exactly you're working in tandem with the ae to really make out this to make what the account is and take it to the next level so you as a bda your goal is really just going to be hey i got you the meeting i got you the i mapped out the account for you i'm going to move on and find the next prospect but i've got you an open opportunity here it's your goal now to really get it home Mm -hmm. so what happens next now is the nurturing process Nurturing is extremely important. So these first few calls are your goal as a BDA to take as many notes, detailed notes as you can. Understanding, hey, every little thing that they say, write it down. Because once you write it all down, you can piece everything together. So once you have these things down, now it's easier to nurture this relationship moving forward. So if the deal goes cold in the first call, now you can actually go back to your notes and say, hey, I remember you mentioned this, this, and that. Perhaps we can set up another meeting to talk more about it because I found out we can do this, 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 and that for you. So you have to become like an amazing, uh, attentive listener throughout the whole process. Mm -hmm. You learn that you have to listen not to respond, but to listen to actually think about what matters to them. And I made the same mistake too. When you're in it with these senior level people, you get shook because you now understand there's a lot at stake here. So you're choosing your words very carefully. You're very tense. You're very like, you know, you overthink everything and you're thinking about what to say next, but not thinking about what they just said. So you find yourself tripping up over your words and you find yourself saying certain things that don't even really matter to them because you had a view of how the whole interaction would go with this individual and by playing out that in theater in your that theater in your head of what's going to go you actually mess up what's actually in front of you which they're giving you the answers you need to have so one thing i can say is whenever you're in these sales interactions ignore the chatter in your head be a sponge what they say sponge it in marinate on it and then actually come with a thoughtful answer and if you don't know what to ask them get them talking more 
So if say, hey, you know, uh, we really like wanted to do more in business this year. It's just like a rookie, you know, mistake you can say is, yeah, I mean, every business wants to do more. But what you should actually say is, okay, hey, Alex, you want to do more in business. What does more in business look like to you? So you want to ask these questions, which actually unpack everything that will give you. You know, more business would look like we want to add $100,000 in revenue. Okay, 100000 How much did you do last year? Okay, we did 50K. So you're going to do 50K. Uh, you're going to add 50K more to get to 100000 now. Okay, amazing. What products sell the most for you? Okay, this. What have you done that's working? We've done this. What has not that's not worked? We haven't done this. What made it not work? Because we didn't do this, this, and that. So you become like this consultative person throughout this whole interaction. And by doing this, by not actually trying to sound slick, because every sales guy tries to sound slick. This is younger me working from good life coming into the enterprise level. You know, when you have the gift of gab, you think that's going to get you everywhere. But you learn in enterprise level. It's all about really, really, really listening. And sometimes I make that mistake even today is when you're trying to be too conversational, you miss some opportunities where answers were given to you right then and there, but you chose to take it a different way. So you really have to remind yourself, you have to be consultative the whole time because by getting them to talk more and making them feel important, they're going to give you everything you need to know to close the deal. So that's one thing you got to do throughout the whole process. So once you have that, this actually gets you to the next step of actually nurturing the whole sale, nurturing that relationship, doing daily checkups. It doesn't even have to be to set up a meeting. It could be like an update, like, hey, Jan, um, you know, we haven't spoken in a while, but I just wanted to update you on how things are going here. I know one thing you wanted to see from us is this. Here's a product update of what we've done over the past couple of months. Check it out. You don't even say, let me know anything. I just thought I just want to share it with you. So this gets them thinking about you time and time again. Then when you come again, you can say, hey, you know, I was really thinking about what you said last time about these certain features, these certain goals that you have. What we can do for you now is we can uh, show you a demo of how it works, right? And you're not even asking for a sale. It's just saying, hey, we want to show you a demo, share it with you how it looks. Now to take it a step further, you can actually brand that demo with their business name. You can showcase, hey, you know, like one thing we meant, we spoke about here uh, six months ago is this. So we took the liberty of, you know, adding your business name on it, your brand and everything of how it could look like. Now you now this is your opportunity to wow them. Right. So this is like something that that a whole enterprise deal looks like. You can go from demo. You can do from uh product updates. You can do many different things. You can do value added articles or value added segments, but just to keep the relationship warm instead of always meeting with these people. So these are ways you can just strategically always be a top of mind for them. So when you actually come to close what they've done, if they've, they've become a champion, hopefully they become a champion. They're going to go talk to the economic buyer, right? About, Hey, this is what they've done. They've, uh, you've shown them like they've identified their pain through the whole process. And now you've warmed up the whole deal. Next step they're going to do is they're going to keep it very honest about what they're doing with the whole decision process. Once you've really exposed and become uh, really relationship driven by all this nurturing, everything becomes butter. Everything becomes now like you and I are talking like this, like, okay, Alex, like, 
you know, what's stopping you from uh, uh, your, your, your department from making this decision today? What's your like, timeline looking like? And this is now where you actually have like your, your negotiation tactics come in is because you know they're interested. You know you've identified their pain point. You're talking to the economic buyer. You have their champion in there. You understand the metrics and everything. You have all these things within your bag. Now it's your time. As a, this is where skill as a salesperson comes in is, you know, going back and balancing between a challenger and saying, okay, hey, you know, your competitor is doing this. You know, we want to get you there as well. You know, challenging but not being overbearing. And that's where as a skilled salesperson in having good communication skills is really going to really matter to you. Because you can do all these scientific stuff really well, but if you can't really close a deal and put pressure, you're not really going to see the results that you want. If you don't put pressure on it, you think you have to put pressure on it? Oh, 100%. And even just even me being honest, like even starting a vidyard, there's a couple things, you know, like this, it's so starting a new job. It's um, It's like drinking water out of a fire hose, bro. Right. Because you have so much coming your way and you've got to drink it all and 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 take it, control it and make it like a nice study stream in the long run. So I had a lot of things coming my way and one deal, you know, I sent out a DocuSign to be sent out. But, you know, I had so much going on with starting out that I forgot about that, that that deal kind of went stale and you didn't really see it as a priority. So that's one mistake I made. And I know this, you know this as well too, but this goes into the next step of being organized as a salesperson. It's you really got to have your systems in place. You got to have like your Salesforce, no Salesforce, which is a a standard CRM used by every enterprise company on point. You got to have like a way of organizing your, your call notes, your, your research notes where you can always tap into understanding your email cadences, organization is really going to take you to the next level. And as I'm starting out, I'm, I'm developing my framework of what that uh, process is going to look like. But I know now that was like a big, okay, no, like, oh, when you're better than this, remember to always put pressure because if they don't see the deals a priority, they're not really going to, oh, okay, like, okay, we can coast because they have the money, they have the buying power, but you always got to keep the thing hot so they're always gonna know. Okay, this thing is hot right now, and let's make the let, let's make the purchasing decision. If you let the deal go too stale, now they get back into the whole emotion, the whole logical process, and like, oh yeah, it's too expensive. Oh, we probably didn't need it that much. Now they start talking themselves out of the deal. But we always got to remember, we make purchasing decisions in a way that doesn't really explain it. It's not really rational. There's a lot of things. I mean, enterprise is different, but. When you talk to the economic buyer, you got to put them in a position like where they have to make a decision fast. And if you've done everything all the way to where the deal is hot, where there's an amazing opportunity, you can't afford to let that thing go stale by just sitting on your hands and hoping that they respond. You have to be interactive with them, set meetings with them, and make sure that everything is aligned to them going towards a yes, because you've done all this work and you're going to like not put the, the, the foot on their necks to make the... And I say that with as an expression to to make the deal happen. No, you gotta be you gotta be there with them. You gotta have calls. You gotta hey, let's have a coffee chat. Let, let's like you know what are you what are you feeling today? 
right? At some point, you have to step out and be like, okay, it's not a, you know about making the sale. Let me just keep a temperature of what's going on with you. And then, oh, like, and this is where you, hey, let's go golfing. Let's go chop yeah. it up, right? This is where that next level sales come in because if they're dropping a million dollars on you, they got to know that they trust you and they like you and they're ready to make that deal. Thanks. So now, walk me through like the process of payment. Have you ever been on that side of the deal? Like I always find it interesting, like closing the deal, mm-hmm. and like once they sign the contract, uh, the usual terms that they pay through. Do they pay through Stripe? Do they, you know, is the wire transfer? Do you ever like, see that that end on your end? I mean, when I was a BDI, I never saw that because you know these are monumental six figure deals. But now that my current position, I'm seeing how, I mean, there's different tiers of pricing, um, but there's internal tools you use within something like Salesforce where you can send straight billing. Uh, And then there's also like an accounts receivable team that manages everything like that. So you as a salesperson, you won't see that at all. But if you're working within like an SMB type of business or you're working as as a small business and you're a rep over there, the deals have a faster turnaround and they're usually smaller deals. So you can actually understand what the payment process is going to be like. So that that would be like your Stripe. Uh, you create like your billing through like something called Zuora. So this will actually arrange a sales order for you and you can send it out to them. So it depends which... Zuora. Say that, how do you spell that? Zuora? Zuora. It's like Z-U-O-R-A. Z-U-O-R-A. Yeah, it's an enterprise tool that allows you to formulate billing terms, discounts, structure of the payments, and et cetera. Interesting. It's like a subscription management tool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. And it's like more so, uh, yeah, they don't even have the pricing in their, exactly. in their headline. Because they, they definitely enterprise. All right. B2C. Hmm. Interesting. I, I never I didn't never heard about this this company. That's how it goes, though, right? Yeah. All right, cool. So, you know, working towards wrapping up here, where are some of the, like some key points we can leave with the audience when it comes to conducting enterprise sales? Research. Do research. Before going into any uh, thing, understand who you're going to be talking to, understand the business, and formulate an educated guess of how you can approach the sale until you're proved otherwise. So that is doing proper account mapping. That is understanding, hey, you know, what can I find online that I can formulate this hypothesis before going into the sale? So if it's enterprise level, listen to the quarterly calls. That's going to tell you a lot. Listen to what the CEO has already said, and you can use that in your reach out message. Understand this is going to show you what matters to them. So research is first step. Second step is your 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 mind set in the sales process you gotta know that every email is not going to get responded to every call is not going to get picked up everything that you do that you pour your blood sweat and tears into is not going to yield the result that you want immediately so you gotta have a solid state of mind going into sales because it's a long process and you gotta be able to go through the journey of it all and know that what is going to come out the end of it is going to be a deal closed. It can be six months, seven months, a year. Sometimes the deal can go cold, but open 
up again a year later and you can close it then but you got to have that state of mind and and know this is a this is a uh a long game more than anything third is you just got to have patience one thing i realized is being in sales is you want to have instant gratification immediately right because it's like entrepreneurship it's like you want to have that first sale you want to see that wave of deals coming in that's why you work so hard but sometimes you won't even see that come through like from the rip because things take time so when you're in this game it's you really got to develop like a thick skin of just having solid solid patience but still moving fast but still be remaining patient understanding that there's so much that's going on that you can't even see that you just have to bring that internally and understand okay it's not my fault here i've done everything i could it's just that i have to like find a way to keep this deal going but still being patient until it closes so that's my top 3 things is research having a solid state of mind your mindset matters a lot in sales and patience patience ruins deals you can act in impulse and do something that is totally a turn off to someone it can blow up the whole deal for you especially if you're bombarding them with so many messages it could be a turn off they might not even do the deal they'll go to someone else and i've seen that cost a lot of people so to wrap it up on that research mindset and patience boom yeah hopefully this is a value to you if you found value make sure you share it with somebody and uh pass the knowledge on and tip your barber you know uh share something with instagram oh, wow share this on instagram tag us let us know that it was a value to you so we know um at 24 7 hustler and with that being said ladies and gentlemen the hustle is what you can control so control your grind and control your life i'm alex and i'm owen and that's hustle over everything y'all peace peace out Thank you so much for listening. The conversation continues on our Instagram at 247hustler. We post very frequently. And be sure to check out our merch at hustleovereverything.co. We also have a lot of written content as well. Owen is killing it over there as well. Lastly, our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. We appreciate your support. Peace.